Hey, this is Sean Feeney. You're now tuned into the Growing Up Italian Podcast. is fire like i i it's it's far for you but let's say you're wrong okay but like let's say if um you had like a sick condo in williamsburg on the water with parking that's goals there's there's no better view of manhattan like and i'm a jersey guy like jersey city hoboken awesome but williamsburg looking at manhattan skyline i there can't be anything better like go up on top of that william vale or the wythe it's greatness. Like, you literally can't... You see it from the south of... You could see the Statue of Liberty, and you go all the way up until you, you can't... You like, a lot of downtown, like... Uh, yeah, but you, Freedom Tower. you see all the way up, like, yeah. until you can't see anymore. You could... On a nice day, I bet you can come close to seeing Yankee Stadium. Like, I swear to God, it's that perfect. From William Vale? From William Vale. 100%. That's, That's funny. We're, like, the biggest advocates for Williamsburg. But there's a lot of people that say Williamsburg's so overrated. They, for what? Like, how is it possible? Like, what can they say it's overrated? I, I, like, I guess rent and prices and, and that's Rent is definitely you know. overrated a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's I, why I, like, moved out because I'm like, without paying for rent, I have a house with three bedrooms, pool, walk-in closet, three bedrooms. It's true. You know, it's, like, so different. But then, like, in the morning when it takes me 50 minutes to get here, I'm miserable, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I would look at it as comparing to Manhattan. Like, where are rents compared to West Village? Where are they? Murray Hill. Where are they versus East, uh, like Lower East Side? I think, I like, yeah, we're in Brooklyn, but we're only four minutes away from Manhattan right. on the L train. And that's how I think about, like, comparing it. Yeah, the rents have increased. They've increased everywhere. But how does it compare to the West Village? Because if I'm a young professional, young family, even single, like, I'm Williamsburg versus West Village all day. Like, it, it just gives you everything. So you're a train guy? Yeah. Yeah? So, yeah, yeah. Sort of. Are you a train guy? Sort of. Hell no. <laughs> sort of. I hate the train. Yeah, I probably, in the last, when I tell people this, like my friends, New York Nico, that like take the train every day 48 times, whatever. When I tell them like, yeah, I took the train probably in like three years, four or five yeah. times, like look at me crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think Williamsburg has made me a little bit more of a train guy because that Williamsburg Bridge We'll get you. Yeah. And like, I'll, I'll do that whole thing of like, do I really want a 45 minute Uber on that thing or just JMZ or L train? And I, I definitely, that's the only train I'm taking at this point. But um, to get into Manhattan, at most of the times, the Williamsburg Bridge is tough. You know, and it's crazy. At night, it's literally like five minutes. And I find myself sometimes, like, we're talking about Williamsburg Bridge, but even on Verrazano Bridge, where I'm just stuck on there for like 30 minutes <laughs> at a time. Like, this bridge is going to fall one day, and I'm going to be on it the day it falls. It is. That's tough. I mean, the only time I've been in anything like that is if we went to L.A. to see a space or something or friends, and just being stuck in that traffic is god-awful. It's worse than here. L.A. traffic is horrible. It's way worse. I mean, everything, you could get everywhere in L.A. It should be no more than eight minutes, but there's like two hours. Yeah. Like, you are just stuck. 
That's and why where so many people live, do helicopters. Where you yeah. live, you should be working. Where you live, you should love where you live out there because you're not going anywhere else. And the only time I felt like that here, BQE, awful. Yeah, <laughs> it's just awful. awful. Yeah, it's and a- then the Williamsburg Bridge, like you could just be stopped. I grew up, you know, Jersey going on that Garden State Parkway in the summertime. It, it could get a little dicey, but nothing like the BQA. You, you guys got stop. so many options on that thing. You got like the oh, express yeah. lane, you're all, local. Yeah, and then like you're we, just like looking at Route 35, 36, like 18, 195. Yeah. Like how do I get on the Jersey Turnpike faster? But here you're just like BQE. You, you can know Brooklyn so well. You're still going to have a tough time. Like under 30 minutes getting to the Barclays Center. It's two miles away from Williamsburg. Yeah. Try getting there yeah. under 30. It's hard. Well, that, that BQE is two lanes, though. I know. Like, I know. That's what the problem is. Somehow. Someday. Someday. construction. Meanwhile, I don't know what Gats is getting done over there. <laughs> no, Someday. But Someday they got to make like that Like the work. promenade, the two lanes on a promenade is ridiculous. And I don't even know if I should admit this, but there's like that shoulder. And whenever I see, <laughs> I just oh, cut in. And I'm one of those, yeah. bro. I'm that, that jack off. That, like that. People oh, yeah. like. Sometimes you got to do it. it the, you know, in certain cars, when I do it, it gets, it's not as bad. Like if I'm doing it in the Maserati, it's like, okay. <laughs> if, if I try doing it in the Pathfinder, people aren't letting me in. Uh, basically, like, a, 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 I got a half mile to go until one of those exits. I'm like, yeah, fuck it. I'm, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. I'm going. I'm making it. <laughs> it's only a matter of time until the city starts putting, like, camera for shoulder tickets, like, things like that. I probably have gotten tickets for it already. But, you know, we'll worry about that. The 25 over is crazy. Like, ah. the, the speed limit, 25, and, you know, especially in, in how you do in beach, it's like every block has a speed camera now. That's that is a place that I need to search. You never been? More. I have, but I don't. I, I don't know it well. It's Being one a part. pizza guy. Like, all right, you're not. It's a pe- one you're part not a pizza that guy. I have. You're like a yeah. Real. We're here with Sean Feeney, by the way. We just kind of jumped into it, but Love it. you are Williamsburg's biggest restaurateur, and you're really putting on for the neighborhood. And you didn't grow up here like us, so no. I guess we're here today to like figure out why you chose Williamsburg. Out of anywhere you could have done this, these concepts, like, yeah. why did you pick Williamsburg? Yeah, I mean, it was luck. Um, in 2014, after a bunch of months of trying to convince my partner, Missy Robbins, to be partners, um, she finally said yes. And we had in our mind the perfect space for a restaurant that we're going to open together. And it was in Manhattan. It was in the West Village because that's where we lived. And we started going to see all these spaces in the West village. And I, in my mind, she was an amazing creative. Mm-hmm. I had to be as good of an operator finance person as she was a creative. And I had this formula in my brain of like profitability, what a healthy business should be. Mm-hmm. Even though everybody said you can never make money in restaurants. And I just believed that we could. And we were going to all these spaces in the West village, Soho, Little Italy, um, Flatiron, and every rent was just crazy. And it was taking months. We were at the 38th place that we looked at in Manhattan. 38. 38. Wow. And I got a call from a friend who was getting his car done in Williamsburg. And he's like, hey, are you still looking for a space? And you met Marky Boy? That's it. <laughs> and um, I was like, yeah, we're looking. And he's like, I think I might have something. It's, it's a shithole. But like, it's, it's a nice space. There's something like, and it's cheap. I was like, well, what are we talking about? He's like, yeah, it's like 3000 square feet. I was like, um, okay. That's like the spaces that we're looking for in Manhattan. What, 
what are we talking about price? And he told me, I was like, nah, I, it just can't, that can't possibly be. And he's like, no, it's, it's for real. He's, he's been operating it since the sixties and he just doesn't want to operate this massive auto body shop anymore. Yeah. So I was like, all right, let me get Missy. So I texted Missy. I'm like, Hey, we got to go to Williamsburg to check out this auto body shop. And she's like, I am not opening a fucking restaurant in fucking Brooklyn. And I have it screen. I have that screenshot to this. You day. have it printed. Oh yeah. And I was like, well, <laughs> well I don't know if we're going to be able to do this together. Cause we are not finding anything in Manhattan for, for what we can possibly do. So she's like, nah, fuck it. Fine. So we came out here and I remember that day going in to the auto body shop and I thought she was going to crush me because it was, it was shitty. It was like, you know, brown walls. It was blacked out graffiti. It was a body shop. (laughs) Yeah. And there was like probably bodies in it. Like literally. (laughs) It was a literal body shop. I mean, when we came in, it was like, there was a, there was a room off to the side and there was a curtain from ceiling to the floor. And there were two dudes literally squatting there doing all night raves. And they were like, what are you doing here? That's Williamsburg. And I'm like, (laughs) I mean, what are you doing here? And then sure enough, I was like, I thought she was going to start yelling at me because it was a, it was a shithole. And I was like, I'm sorry. And she's like, Oh, we're taking this. This is it. I was like, what? If you guys, if you guys aren't familiar with Lilia, I, we got to talk about Lilia in in a whole, in, in a whole, but first of all, Missy, how did you meet her? Like, where was she working when you met her? We, uh, I had just moved into an apartment with my wife. We got married and, um, it was on Grove street and bleaker in the West village. We lived on the third floor. There was three apartments in this townhouse. And one day I was going to work and I saw Missy going into her apartment and I was a massive foodie. I mean, I I worked in finance Mm -hmm. and the only place I was ever good at my job in finance seriously was at restaurants. I would go out every single night entertaining people. Um, And I knew about her. She was just about to start her job as the executive chef at Avoce in Madison Park. And um, she was in Chicago. She was a chef at uh, Spiaggia, which was the best Italian restaurant in Chicago. And I had just read this whole article about her coming to New York. And I mm-hmm. saw her and you're, I'm like, oh, my God, you live in our building? And she thought I was a creep. You know, I was, you like, know? I was fanboy. Did she have a big, like a big social media following? No, at that time, no. I mean, people knew about her. Mm-hmm. Um, this was going to be her biggest shot, though. Like, she was coming to New York City. She was from New Haven, Connecticut area, and this was her shot to make it. And I was like, I'm in. Like, I'm going to be there, all the stuff. And she was like, oh, okay. And <laughs> for the next couple of years, that was 2009. For the next couple of years, we would go to her restaurant. I would bring work people, my family, my mom and dad. And, I, you know, I was a fanboy. And then the night Hurricane Sandy hit New York, she shut the restaurants down. At that time... She had two Michelin uh, stars, one at Avoce Madison Park, one at Avoce Columbus. And I came home from work. She was like, hey. And I was like, you want to have dinner tonight? I'm cooking. She's like, you're going to fucking cook for me? And I was like, yeah. She's like, what are you going to make? I was like, <laughs> uh, bolognese. I've been, I've been started bolognese like last night, just slow cooking it. She's like, you're going to make fucking pasta for me. And I'm like, yeah. And she didn't know. I was like, I, I obsessed about bolognese. I obsessed about it. And it's the only thing I would have ever felt comfortable making for her. You make a mean bolognese? Yeah. Yeah. I, lo- I love the process. I love the layers. I just, I love it. And yeah. um, I geek out about it. And she came up that night and Hurricane Sandy was crushing us. Maria and I, my wife, we just told Missy all about us. Missy told 
herself about her to us. And, and that was it. And that was the night we became friends. She told us she was going to probably take off the next year from being a, a chef at Avoce. And then for all of 2013, she did. She lost a lot of weight. She went to therapy. She did Pilates. She caught up on friends and, and like relationships she never had time for. Uh-huh. She's 10 years older than me. And she graduated Georgetown. She immediately went into kitchens and never stopped for 20 years. And in that year of 2013, we became not just friends, but like family. Like at that time, my daughter was like one and a half and we started leaving our doors open and we were eight steps away from each other. Mm-hmm. And my daughter would just go down and she called her Missy Pasta and we became family. We would cook together on the weekends. And then at the end of 13, I knew she wanted to take one year off and she was going to figure it out. And I think she realized like, I do want to go back into being in a restaurant and I want to be a chef. I want to be an owner. And I was like, you should definitely do that. It's different at that level yeah. than, than the level she was doing it. But did she like the bolognese? To this day, we've never had it on our menu because... <laughs> so she didn't like it that much. No, she loved it. Oh, yeah? But she does. she's like, I'm not going to put it on because it's not as good as mine. And it's literally the greatest compliment. Why doesn't she take your recipe now? I, it's a creative, man. I don't know. I just like... I'll, she can take it all day. I got, I'm not a creative. I'm just a chef dad. But, um, but I think it's... Uh, Definitely the best compliment she's ever given me, for sure. Like, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, and I guess it was good. I mean, we're partners now, seven years later, and it's gone great. I mean, when we found Lilia, that was number 39 of, of the, the restaurant space. you saw, yeah. And it was the only space outside of Manhattan. And when she said, we're taking it, I signed that lease right there with Tony, Mark's dad, mm-hmm. signed it, and, you know, 14 months later, Lilia had opened. Mm-hmm. And, and that was it. And, yeah, the rest is, it changed everything. We moved to Williamsburg a little bit after it opened. Missy moved to Williamsburg. Um, forever, I thought I was going to move back to New Jersey. I never really got serious about Brooklyn because the plan was work in finance and then move back home to the Jersey Shore, and I would take a boat every day. To and, the city? Yeah, to the That's city. That's boss. And, well, there is, like, there's this amazing ferry from Monmouth County. Oh, I thought your own boat. Oh no, I don't. That'll be fire. That'll be fire too. No, 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 no. I've, that's that's not me. But um, I it's would like ta- some Long Island shit. It's like Monmouth County, uh, the Highlands. It's called Sea Streak, and it's a forty-minute commute from Monmouth County to Lower Manhattan. And that was that was the plan. And then when this opened, everything went away. And thank God it did, because like I'm never gonna leave here. Like this yeah. is it. It's the first place I've ever felt like. It is, it's home. It's like, this is it. You know, just being from the neighborhood, um, he took over Mark's spot, which when I saw you uh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago, you told me he passed away. So rest in peace to him. But this guy was a real character. Like always had stories, hustling, anything under the sun. Like he would literally show up with the most random stuff and, yeah. and dump it, you know? So uh, the first time like he was like, he was like almost like to the neighborhood, like people like us. He was like almost like a promoter of like, yeah, you got to see the people renting my place. This chef worked for Emerald Lagat. So I, I didn't <laughs> know if it was true or not. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's definitely not true. So like, <laughs> so like being from the neighborhood, the game of telephone, I'd be like, oh yeah, I heard this spot by uh, Mark Carmel. That's it's like amazing. one of Emerald's chefs. <laughs> so like being from the neighborhood, that's what that's we amazing. were talking about. Well, I'd like, you know, I met him, him and his dad. Like I just, I knew that they were there forever. Like, this is where they lived and raised their family. And 
And I just loved that. I loved like understanding where it was and why they loved it. And, and I wanted to get to know them too. Like there could be people that didn't have time for, for Mark. Cause he's, he was literally nuts. Yeah. Um, but I like loved that. And I wanted to know like, you know, why did he promote us so much? I, he used to come into our restaurants with random people. I think I cause you guys know. were paying the rent. That's true. <laughs> to find that, a good tenant is that, hard. That's yeah. true. And he would come in and be like, I'm the owner of this restaurant. This is my restaurant. And I'm sitting right there. List, literally list, letting him yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. He, he would do like, that too. Hey. He, he would like whisper, hey, I got a couple points. You know? Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I just let him go. And like Missy would hear it and she'd be like, no, you're not. You're not. He's lying. And I'm like, just let him go. It's great. He feels so ownership. No, but it's funny because I would always ask him for a favor. I think if I really look, I might have a voicemail of him. Like, some, he would always say my name wrong, like some Sambino, Santino. He told me different <laughs> names too, just to show you what kind of guy he was. But um, I remember I was like trying to get a reservation. He's like, I'll get it for you. Don't worry, I'll get it for you. I'll get it for you. And he always promised he was gonna get me a reservation. So one time his staff like. There's like a bunch of sandwiches like they ordered. And I like wrote a note with like a bunch of merchandise. I was like, we'll trade sandwiches for reservations. <laughs> and then one of your GMs like text yeah. us and they're like, during COVID, they, they were ordering like all the time. So it was like a full circle moment I when I met you because I was like, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I would come here every day. Like I, it was, it made me happy coming here for either Lilia to take a walk and just get some some thoughts or after basketball with my sons, like it's a, just a place I'd like to be. And obviously I never met you. I met your dad when he, he was there all the time. And I was a fan because I knew like, this is, you guys have been here forever. And that's why I love Williamsburg, like walking around and seeing all the different parts. And, you know, I think it does get a tough rap right now. Cause like a lot of people are like, well, it's cha changing so much. It's changing so much. And I think it's, you know, the reason why I, I, I see the opportunity of, yeah, that's, that could be exciting. But as long as we could try to keep some of the awesome stuff that made it this way, mm -hmm. like how do we, how do we keep that while making it go? The fine forward? line of both. Yeah. It's got a neighborhood feel for sure. It, and it always has to have that. Like it's, yeah. it's just, it's, it's a different type of life. That I kind of want to know what happened like between you seeing it as a 39th spot to... Like, let me wake up at 9 a.m. to try to get a reservation at Resi. Like, <laughs> what what happened in between, like, that to that, that, like, Man, I, it made was, it, like, what it, it was is wild. today? When we signed that lease, it took us 14 months to open Lilia, and we made every single mistake possible. We had never done this, ever. And so there was delays. There was a little bit more money that we what had to What construction? Like construction, permitting, um, everything. And stuff that we just didn't know um, because we didn't know a lot. And, but once we finally did get open, um, I mean, it was, it was interesting. Like Missy, it was her, this was her shot. Like she was now an owner and it was her name. Nobody would know me ever. And it was like a desperation thing. She was desperate. This was, this was her shot. And I was going to do whatever she needed me to do to help. And little by little, I realized like that was going to be a little bit more than what I initially thought. And even when we first opened, I was never going to be on the floor. I didn't, that was not going to be my role, but I was every single night I was coming. I was seeing people that I knew I was meeting new people that I was like, I love doing this. I love figuring out every table had like different reasons for being there. Every person at that table were different. 
how could I make that amazing? And it made me so happy. And she was like, just keep on coming. Mm -hmm. And initially every day we would get these like, like we didn't have this great expectation. We put them on ourselves, but every day we would get like a little bit more buzz, a little bit more buzz. Mm -hmm. And then six weeks into being open, there was a New York times review that was written. Yeah. That, that that's what made you guys like blew it out. Yeah. And, and that became like sellout shows eight nights a week, you know, like that was crazy. But leading up to that, her and I both kind of, we would look at each other every night. Like, is this really happening? Like it is, it's buzzing. It's amazing. And then yeah, it's very hard to get a reservation I, by you it's guys. It's crazy. Cause her and I were, we're just not cool. The restaurant is though. And, um, it, we're grateful for that. What advice would you give somebody trying to get a reservation at your place? Like, what's the hack? Like, is it like wake, like logging in a resi at nine twelve on a Tuesday? I Just keep looking. What, what's, what's the hack? Yeah. You know, actually, I, I think I might know the hack for everybody. but And then you could answer. <laughs> but I think um, a way to do it is like showing up at the restaurant and yeah. like looking at the books there. Yep. Yeah. Like, so you got to yeah. make the drive out. And then... Let's say when you do get the first reservation, you make a reservation for like a month ahead while you're leaving. Because well, that's, that's crazy. That's that blows my mind. Like we've we've created this space where you know I love dining. I'm like a professional. I, I will say I'm a professional diner. I love going to restaurants. I love eating. And most of the times that I've gone to restaurants that I have absolutely loved, by the end of it, I am in no way, shape, or form ready to make my next reservation. I'm like, get me out of here. Like, I got to go to bed. Yeah. And it's amazing. Every single night at Lilia or Missy, people, after their experience, will be like, I want to make the next reservation. Yeah, that's what to me, do. like, it's the, it's the greatest thing ever. Like, you've created a place people love to come to, and they can't wait to go back to. So much so that they'll make a reservation even after experiencing it and probably are full and just want to go home and go to bed. Um, it's wild. I guess when we first opened, we didn't know how it was going to be received. So we put all of the reservations on Resi and we were lucky because it was busy every night and the reservations were gone. And I would get these calls from my family and friends or work people asking for reservations, asking for reservations. And I'm like, I can't do it this Thursday at that time, but like I can definitely do it a couple weeks from now and people were like what it's your restaurant like you can't fit me in so then i'm like missy we got to talk about this because like should we put a hundred percent of our reservations on resi because i i want to i do want to be able to say like yeah we could get you in so then we kept a bunch of the reservations for ourselves, and then if we don't give them if they don't go we'll always put them we back put them on last resi. minute but it's gotten to the point where we're seven years old now we have five thousand people on our wait list every night it's wild. God like, bless, man. It's, yeah, that's awesome. And it is just... Rock, have you ever ate at Lilia? Yeah, I was, I was going to say the story how I first went there. It was like a year and a half ago, two, two years ago. And my wife's cousin was like, yo, reservation for four right now, Lilia's, we got to go tonight. So I was like, all right, let's fucking do it. Like, all right, never going to happen again. So we went. When I tell you we ordered the whole menu... You did it. We ordered the whole menu. <laughs> that's the way to do it. The waiter was like... He was not that he wasn't even impressed. He's like, yeah, this is how you gotta do it. Like, if you're gonna come here to eat, you gotta, bro. That's amazing. And it's hard, like explaining to my parents, like, yeah, we're going out for some pasta tonight. Like, oh, I can make you pasta right here. That's the difference. But I spent thirty dollars or whatever the (laughs) price. I spent, you know, I we haven't gotten that high yet. We're going though, but we're not. We're not that thirty bucks of pasta yet. Uh, Listen, either way, it's worth it, no matter what. But like, just the fact that their pasta is fresh too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
No, like you guys clearly are doing a great job. I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, we went. We the, the appetizers were absolutely amazing. The pastas were incredible. We we just had a great time. I love that. The aesthetic is amazing. So that's all her too. I think that's the coolest part of like partnering with creatives in that way, where they're not just a chef. Um, they have they have visions of like what they want their space to be, and and especially when you when you're an owner, like you can express it and being able to witness that and letting that go has been so cool. And that's what Williamsburg gave us the chance to say from me to her, if we do this in Williamsburg, if we do it right, you'll have the biggest blank canvas ever to paint on. And that meant not just the menu, but like the glasses that we use, the chance to like collaborate with claymaker pottery to make our own dishes like go nuts all of those designs that you see at Lilia like that is her creative vision like that was a disgusting auto body shop but she saw it that day she's like we're gonna paint the brick white we're gonna get new glass for the windows those are amazing and then there's like a rod that follows through the whole restaurant originally that was gonna be for like curtains so that people couldn't see him she's like I want people to see him but like let's keep that because that's a cool design and it's that, like the wood fire, she had that in her mind. Like she wanted that to be the thing and warmth that would come out to everybody. It's just really neat. Um, and, and it's something that I never thought would have happened. But even Missy now, like we have that restaurant. Is How many years after was Missy? That was, we opened that two years after Lilia. Um, and it was double the size. We only have 72 seats inside of Lilia and um, about 130 inside at uh, Missy. Mm-hmm. And again, like people are going nuts. They're like, you're going to open an Italian restaurant a mile away from Lilia and you're just going to serve pasta and vegetables. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and we're like, no, we're going to be really intentional. Those are the two things that are the most popular at Lilia. And we're just going to go hard on that. The food is like very similar. To, like the, yeah, it's, it's the, the same the style. Pasta, the pasta the is style. like very similar. There's no overlap on like menu. But yeah, the but. style of the mm-hmm. way it's cooked is very similar. We don't have wood fire at Missy, but we do grill a lot of our veg. Um, we do have steak on the menu at Missy like we have at Lilia. But there's not, there's never overlap. But the style is very similar. And she's just, she's got a style at this point. Yeah. I'm going to ask you, when you started Lilia, were you... You obviously were in finance. Did you stay in finance or are you like all in? Yeah, for really? three years. For three years, um, from 2016 to 19, I would let the pastry chef go in in the morning at Lilia, then go to a hedge what fund. What time in the so morning? It was like 4.45 oh a.m. Oh, my God. I would get to my hedge fund office at 5.30 where I was an employee at, and that was in Soho. And then I would take an L train back to Williamsburg at 5 p.m., see my wife and daughter at the time, we only had one, and and then I would be on the floor, five thirty, and yeah. and I would stay there for as long as possible for the first two years. So you were like 18, 19 hours a day. Yeah. Oh yeah. Jesus. Yeah, and it was weird because like, it sounds crazy, but I was never, it never was at a point where I was like, this is this is nuts. So I like. Loved I think it. the reason why you enjoyed like working there is is because your hobby is like going to restaurants yeah. so yeah. for you it was like it wasn't work it was just i was in my natural element like i think a lot about it when it happened i was really amazing in finance mm-hmm. for the purpose of building relationships and networking most of the time i was doing that my best in restaurants every night i would make the reservation 
I knew every story about every restaurant. I knew most of the people that worked at that restaurant and their stories so that everybody that was there that night, we could just be comfortable and be there for the reason why we were, just to get to know each other, talk business, build trust. And then when this restaurant happened. Go, go through of the experience of going out to eat with you, what it's like. Oh, just what, what would we be able to expect you oh, know, just, if we went out to eat with you? Just excitement. You're definitely going to get a text message hours before we actually are there. Reminding kind of like that. The heads yeah. up of like, this is where we're going. This is why it means a lot to me. Make sure to bring cash so we don't have to bring six cards. We got to duke everybody. Um, <laughs> but you got to like, like, this is the dish that made me love this restaurant. This is the person behind the reason why it's so special to me. And um, and just be ready for a great night. So you get a text, and then when we all sit there, most of the time, like, there won't be a menu. Like, I don't... Yeah, I, so I, you I, just sit down, no, we don't need that. Yeah, and like, let's just... the. You know, I'll I'll do the ordering for everybody, and we're gonna hit. We're gonna get all the hits. You're gonna oh, know exactly that. why we're here. We gotta go out to eat anytime. There, there's uh, nothing better than going out with somebody that knows, knows what they it, want yeah. and like already has it set for the table. That's right. why I don't like going to eat at new places that much too, because or if I do, I'll like look at the menu and I, what I are they know. known for? Exactly. Like, yeah. That's the thing. Like I I I'm a fan of restaurants, so like I I'm always gonna be on the side of positivity versus critical. Like I don't go into a restaurant ever thinking like, let me see what they're not good at. I want to go into a restaurant being like, this place exists. They have to be good at it, something. And I want that. Like I, I want to experience why they did this thing. And I, like for me, that's, that's, that's the beauty of it. It's the food, it's the design, it's the, the feeling you get when you're, when you're consuming mm -hmm. that experience that I've just always loved. So when I bring friends or family work people into a restaurant, that's, that's what I want them to feel when they leave. So when Lily opened, it was just this natural thing that I loved doing. And I was no longer sitting at the table. I was serving. And that was the coolest thing. So ever. you like new experience that you would want. So you would give that to the yeah. customer. And then the challenge was figuring out like, no, not everybody was like that though. Like there were some people coming to Lilia that were there for a business meeting and I needed to figure out a way to allow them to have that experience and not screw anything up. Mm -hmm. But then there could be a table of six with uh, six millennials with their phones and LED lights that just wanted TikTok things. Yeah. And like I was going to treat them differently than that table next to them because I wanted to tell them every story. So that they not only got that content, but then they went to all their friends afterwards and be like, "Did you, do you know the story about the Malfladini? Like how that was created with pink yeah. peppercorn? Yeah. And like, to me, that was a beautiful challenge of how do I make the impression that everybody, like, it's the reason why they're there. And I, I have loved that. That's I'm going to have to put him on the hot seat. And since you're a professional restaurant goer, foodie, yeah. whatever we want to call it, <laughs> you know, a lot of people do it for a living. You're doing it, you're putting out the product, but being that you come from that background, you love going out to eat, what are the best five Italian New York spots? Oh. Or I should say, what are the best five New York Italian spots? That still exist or that changed my life? That still exists? Oh, well, actually, yeah. let's do that still exists. Yeah, yeah. So the ones that changed my life, uh, February, February 3rd, 2005, I went to Babo for the first time. Babo? Babo, B-A-B-B-O. Mario Batali, it's the, what made him famous. Um, it's closed now, right? It's still open. Oh, it is? Uh, it's still I've never open. been there. But um, 
But to me, that changed, uh, changed the way I thought about food in restaurants. Up until that point, I was in New York City for two years, and I thought, as like a finance person, you had to go to steakhouses every night. And in two years, I did something that my grandmother always hoped I would do. I gained a lot of weight. Um, <laughs> From steakhouses? Yeah, because yeah. I would go to Smith & Wally's, Sparks, uh, Wolfgang's, Strip House, Peter Luger's. Luger's. Like, yeah. I was going to every steakhouse every single night, six nights a week. And um, one night after a dinner at Sparks, I had a friend tell me, hey, man, like, you, you love this. Like, it's clear you love this but why do you keep on going to these places? And I was like, what do you mean? This is what we do. We go to steakhouses and trade bonds next day. And like, <laughs> fucking idiot. No, it's not what we do. This is the dining capital of the world. Like, and on that walk home, I was thinking about it. I'm like, he's right. Like, I grew up in Jersey. My mom and dad would take us to New York City two times a year. And my dad would research like crazy restaurants and like make it an investment and I was like, that's it. Next day, I made a reservation at Babo, and I went for the first time. It changed my life. Since then, Italian restaurants that really have, I loved, Emilio's Bellato. I'll go. Yeah, that's classic. Any, I'll go once a month. Um, I love going up to Arthur Ave, and I love, you know, Roberto's or um, Dominic's after a Yankees game. Um, there was an Italian restaurant that still exists in the West Village, but there was a guy by the name of Renato uh, Migliorini, and he's he passed away, I think, 2013, 14. But we would go there every Sunday night. It was like our little neighborhood spot. The restaurant was called Piccolo Angelo on Jane and Hudson. Um, I loved that restaurant because they did a couple things well, but they always made you feel amazing. And it was really Renato that did. His daughter, um, Maria, works there. His son, Peter, works there. And... They just made you feel like they were you're a part of them, and that was those were the restaurants that just made me like love restaurants like in New York City. Mm-hmm. So I would say Babo, um, Emilio's Bellato, Piccolo uh, Angelo, yeah, Piccolo Angelo, Dominic's up in Arthur Ave, um, and if I had to take one more, you know, I, I, I would, I would probably say yeah, East Sodi in the West Village. See, I, the only place I've been to is Emilio's. Yeah, of all those yeah. places. So East Sodi is a huge inspiration for for Lilia. It's on Christopher um, and Bleecker, right around there, and it's an amazingly small restaurant. But Tuscan, it's just it's perfect. It's a perfect restaurant. Um, so those five are the Italian restaurants in New York City that have like absolutely changed my life for sure. Sean, I wanted to ask you why why Italian for you guys? Like why you and Missy? Yeah, Missy's it's crazy. Yeah, Missy's, Missy's a Jew from Connecticut and um, <laughs> who went to Georgetown. And um, I'm, you know, I got an Irish last name, but my I'm 50% Irish and 50% Italian. And I think, you know, sh- her her parents um, just have, they, they were very similar to my parents where they just made their biggest investment in life in f- their family. And a lot of it had to do with the experiences that, they could provide us. And those experiences were dinner every night together. Um, for me, every Sunday, we would have both my dad's family, the Irish side, and my mom's family, the Italian side, would come from North Jersey because they grew up in Patterson. And they would come down to the Jersey Shore where we grew up in Manasquan every Sunday. And we would have these massive suppers. 
and you know we would have just all the italian aunts and grandmas cooking and i remember things like vividly the first time i had mozzarella when i was four and the summer one was playing like i remember moments of of tastes but what was happening when that happened mm. and we would go on vacations together as a family they invested heavily in the house and italy was a place where they were proud to take us and a lot of these places most of them were places they had never been able to go to growing up so um my dad would go to all these barnes and nobles and get a bunch of books fodors zagats and he was like an encyc encyclopedia of information and when we would get off the plane he would be the tour guide as if he would live there forever and sounds like you get a lot from him though like Oh, similar yeah. with the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was an or he's an oral maxillofacial surgeon, so like he literally made people smile, but figuratively, like he made people smile. Like yeah. anytime my dad is around, he's good at his job. Is it? And like everybody <laughs> in town would come up to him and and meet him with a smile. And from a young age, I was like, that's what I want to do. And for a long time, I thought I was just going to take his practice over, but then you know I didn't. Um, but I realize now it's like I, I just want to make people smile. I don't need to yeah. fix their face to do it. You do it with food, with <laughs> yeah, food yeah, and experience. Yeah, yeah, but that was it. I think just um, just like hosting people mattered a lot to us. And then in New York City, like my mom and dad would take us two years, two times a year to a Yankee game, and then um, to the Radio City Rockettes show. So I'm 42, and I've been to that show 40 40 times. <laughs> Every single year, we surprised my mom on Thanksgiving with tickets to see the Rockettes. And um, those experiences growing up were amazing because I remember coming through the Holland Tunnel and always trying to see where New Jersey became New York in the tunnel. Like the sign? Like yeah, the, the sign. sign. And I loved, like, beating my sister to see it first. I love that. And I just remember, like, it would be December, and my dad would make these reservations. We would park at Radio City, go up Fifth Ave, take a horse and buggy ride, go to Mickey Mantle's, which was the greatest sports bar of all time, um, and then go to the show. But then my dad, for months, would research which restaurant we were going to go to. And we would, he, most of the time, it'd be down in Little Italy, like Angelo's and Il Cortile. Mm -hmm. And he would literally pull his windows down, the sunroof down on his car, and blast like Sinatra. Summer when? This, yeah. And it, would the, it, would be the, it would be the middle of December and it would be freezing out. And we're literally got like Bing Crosby going on. Like it would, it would, and I just remember those moments and we would always be in shirt and tie and it was like a special thing. So I think those, those experiences my parents invested heavily in um, mattered. But the Italian stuff, like that was my, my upbringing, like every Sunday. I feel like Italian restaurants need more than one category. Yeah. Because like let's say Missy and uh, oh yeah like yeah there's red are, sauce yeah those are like red, red sauce, sauce there's there's like Italian um, style like and you know you'd go to Sicily versus Biella is where my family's from in in Piemonte and like it's different style of cooking like there's there's coastal butter and yeah but yeah. there's seafood and there's like risotto like up in Biella that's that's what you have. Mm -hmm. Banya cauda is what we grew up eating every, almost every um, celebration, birthdays, New Year's Eve. We would have big banya cauda, warm bath, anchovy, olive oil, and garlic in, in these like boiling hot pans. Uh -huh. And we would have skewers of meat and chicken and shrimp and raw vegetables. And we would just dip it in to that 
hot bath. Sounds amazing. And you would just like wait there. And we would have all of my aunts, uncles, grandparents, you know, all everybody around and everybody stood. And we would have this crusty bread and really cheap red wine. And we would always, you know, bet who's going to be the last person standing. And the kids would always go down first because we were sopping up all that bread with the anchovy and the garlic. And then my, the guys would go down next because they were drinking so much wine. They were like, we got to sit down. <laughs> and it would be my little grandmother just like, just going, just duking it right yeah. in there the whole night with this like, it's just amazing experiences like that where like, that, that's where it came from. And then Missy just like, I think Missy just loved that style of hospitality yeah. and, and the simplicity of Italian food. Yeah. Like, how do I keep it as simple as possible? Because like, I would explain, like, red sauce and, like, contemporary Italian. That's like, right. what you guys got. And then I would say, like, super Italian, like, the Cipriani. Like, I don't know how to yeah. give that category, but, like... Yeah, I think there's, like, a, a Italian-American red sauce, and maybe, like, a Cipriani is, like, a kind of, like, that version of mm-hmm. Italian, like, yeah. but from Italy. That's yeah. true. Like, what kind of Italian spot is Exactly, yeah. because... Yeah. Like we, we deal with a lot, like we talk about food for a living at this point and like <laughs> Italians from Italy that follow us hate like the chicken parms and the spaghetti and meatballs and, yeah. uh, and like you guys got nothing like that. Not but yet. then like, it's not, not like, yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> um, but I, I guess that's what I wanted to talk about is did you ever like experience, um, maybe somebody saying like, Oh, you're not real Italian food. Um, you know, I think the biggest compliments have always been the one that gets Missy the most excited is when uh, someone from Italy comes. Yeah. And and she I would say for all the people that have ever come into our restaurant, that's when she's most on her game. When she knows there's an Italian in the building, mm-hmm. she's like I am going to make them love my food. Like that's where I'm going to show up. I like that. And she like it's like Jordan game six. Like yeah. I want the yeah, ball. blue game. Italians are the get out of my critics. way. Get out of my It'll way. I got pot. the ball. I got <laughs> the ball. And like she gets out the special like she, cooking utensils. She's just like you on the line off. I'm in. Like it's, <laughs> it, because at this point she's like she doesn't cook. She's like an expediter. Yeah. She makes sure everything looks good. But Quality every control. now and then we'll get like you know an Italian that comes in and like they'll come up to the past and be like. Just so you know, we're from here, and she's oh, like, "Of course, they have to announce it." All right, and she's I, like, like the I'm comments in. we get all the time, like once they start negative, it's like, "I'm from Italy," so or "I'm Italian," like, "Oh yeah," that, like that's the oh, first yeah, sentence, yeah. A little yeah. entitlement. So they like they check in, like totally, it, oh, all the time. But what we want that, like, I, I love that pressure, and 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 she does too, because we just want to make people happy. We make we want to make them proud too, and um and I I don't think it's ever. Like, we're better than you. We do this better than you, which I think that's probably what they're coming in as. Like, oh, we're, you know, we're from Italy and you're New York. Like, you're, but it's, hey, we just want you to enjoy and, and we want you to be proud. Uh, this is our version of your greatness. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I do think that that is a thing for sure. And um, especially after Lilia opened, then when we opened other, the other restaurants and the, the Target's a little bit bigger too. So, like, when we first opened Lilia, people, you know, are, weren't coming in guns blazing. Like, let's put them on the spot. But yeah. then since then, it's like, all right. Well, not because you, you guys are like a top spot. Yeah, what do you got? pressure. And, and that's a thing, too. That's like, that's what you got to love to be to continue to be great. It's like every day, you're your biggest critic. And so, you shouldn't be, you know, people are going to hate. You guys don't really have, like, a set menu. Like, every time I go there, it's a seasonal menu. Yeah, I think there's... 
there's definitely things on Lilia Missy menu that have been there day one, but um, but not a hundred percent. Like I would say there are, I would say twelve dishes at Lilia that will forever staple, stay. Yeah, and and around that very seasonal. Um, same with Missy. There's there's a couple pastas that will stay there forever, um, but then because it's veggie, um, it's very seasonal. Like Basically, Missy's almost vegetarian. Yeah, there's like one or two dishes. Yeah, because yeah. last time I was looking. Yeah, for the most I, part, I had, for the most part, there's a couple pastas with with meat in it, um, but for the most part, it's like it's a healthy version of of Lilia <laughs> and really intentional. I gotta I gotta tell you this, Sean. My favorite from both those restaurants, you're gonna my, you might think I'm crazy, is the the ricotta toast from, oh, from Missy. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was just gonna say. Well, I was gonna what I was yeah. gonna ask you was from the owner's mouth himself. Yeah. There's a group of four going to Lilia and Missy. What should they be ordering? Man. Oh. To start, to finish, to end. Yeah. I mean, Lilia is great because you could get a little bit of everything. So definitely my favorite thing on uh, period is the Italian broccoli. She cooks it in a way where it's almost cooked as if it's in pasta water. So huh. she cooks it in this salty pasta water. She doesn't saute it. She doesn't grill it. She takes that out of that, like almost like that hard, salty blanche. And then Calabrian chili, lemon, Parmesan, olive oil, really good olive oil. And that's the dish. And I would have that for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I think it's perfect. I love her grilled clams with um, Calabrian chilies and breadcrumbs. She made a version of that in my mom and dad's backyard in 2013 when, like, we were never going to open a restaurant together. And I remember her saying when we were tasting it down in Jersey, she's like, man, when we have a restaurant together, we're going to put this on the menu. And then sure enough, like, three years later, that was the first thing that went on the menu. Um, there's these mussels that are on the menu as well with the green butter. It's just out of control. The green butter, you could... Green butter is nuts. I mean, I, I, I drink it. I'll, yeah. I'll drink that green butter. <laughs> um, and then there's a there's a fish that I've I've loved since day one. It's a black bass, salsa verde, and a uh, Yukon potato. That's it. From Lilia, that's it. And... I know I didn't say any pastas. Yeah, you didn't like, say any pastas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that the, the Malfadini and the Agnolotti are the two things that made yeah. us famous. Nangelette, that's, um, that, that's the most popular, I would say, yeah. right? The Malfadini with the pink, par- pink peppercorn and Parmigiano, but then the Agnolotti that has the saffron, honey, um, sheep's milk, so cheese good. inside. Though That's from Lilia. Missy, like, there's oh, this... Hold on, we skipped dessert. Oh, the Italian you job. You're not getting away yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah the, I mean, the Italian job. That's, yeah. I, like, honestly. It, it's a pistachio I, ice cream, right? It's, it? it's soft serve vanilla gelato uh-huh. with honey, olive oil, sea salt, and fennel pollen. Yeah. So fennel pollen is like, she calls it magic dust. It's her secret ingredient, always. Whenever she wants to bring something to, like, the next she level. She sprinkles a little fairy dust yeah, on that? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and and that, that dessert, like, I... It's hard to, I don't like to say, well, that's the best of all time because it's ours. But like, I have yet to find a dessert in my life that has, that has made me so messed up after eating it for the first time. Oh, it's delicious. And that was a whole thing. Like we had, that was a off menu item one night. Somebody asked her to go crazy and that's what she made. And for many years, we just didn't put it on. I would love to do that one day. Just tell the restaurant, yeah, just go crazy for the dessert. (laughs) 
something off menu. You're yeah. allowed to do that? So I, I can't do you that because can I'm too big. Like, if I do it as a big guy, I go, Fat Boy wants it. <laughs> <laughs> fat Boy, again. Actually, so Let's it was the funny. <laughs> the, 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 um, the people that asked her uh, had just gotten back from Italy uh, for two weeks. And they were like, this is, we, we got back yesterday, and we're actually here the day after because we've been thinking about Lilia f- since. And, and, like, we just wanted to come back, which is an amazing compliment. And that kind of like buttered her up because then they were like, Hey, can you, can you make something off menu? And she's like, yeah. So that was was the olive oil and gelato. Like I see that a lot now, but I remember the first time I saw you guys, I'm like, what are you doing? Like olive oil. But until you try it, it's, it's ridiculous. The coolest thing is when uh, white truffle seasons in, in, and instead of fennel pollen, we'll shave white truffles on the gelato. And it's like, there's been a couple of big chefs to, come into the restaurant and my role during truffle season is the chief truffle officer like it's it's the job that i love chief most. truffle officer yes yeah that's, CTO. A, that's an important CTO. title the right CTO. CTO. and i i love it because i just get to walk around with a truffle and a shaver yeah and nice. just go wild yeah. so like coming up to somebody literally you know um did you uh ever try mamo the restaurant mamo where's that it's uh on broadway so we literally just ate there yesterday for Mother's Day, and they had like a white truffle pizza. Wow, we gotta go. You're yeah. a food guy. Me, and you will go there. I'm in. And um, man, it was like one of the crazy. Like they had a risotto white truffle. It's they're known for the white truffles. So if you like, wow. if you like in the white truffle, no, it's in um Broadway over oh, here. Manhattan. Yeah, it's uh, it was like 20 minutes from here. I'm, I'm not in. super good with like neighborhoods and stuff like that, but that's a I'm spot always down. Yeah, like I I love. Find them new places all the time. Like, it's like Cipriani, but like oh, yeah. a little different. And we went there with Sveta, who's like mad picky. Like the, our friend that's the artist from Italy, like he always wants to go to Cipriani. And we ate there and we were just like, yo, this is incredible. And he enjoyed it? He, he loved He uh, likes it. He like he like wants to change reservations around and go there again. I love that. I love that. That's great. So what would you get at Missy? Oh, Missy? It would just, I mean, the tortelli pasta, with the, it's like spinach ricotta, um, uh, filling and brown butter. That's that's yeah, yeah. the dish. And like to me, that's probably your, the best pasta I've ever had in my life. It's like the tortellini shape yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah exactly. And um, that has to be the one that I get all the time. Then for veggies, there's always artichoke with the salsa verde. And then whatever veggie that they're putting on the ricotta toast, just get it. Just like it's the best. I had mushrooms with it. That's and a, I hate mushrooms, but I love. But those. they're like steak. Yeah, it's crazy. I, think it's, I had like a, a broccoli or something. Yeah, it was on someti- the side. Sometimes so it's like a seasonal. Broccoli. It's seasonal. seasonal sometimes veggie. there's uh, what's the best is August. We'll do um, oven dried tomatoes. Those that are crazy. Incredible. Those yeah. are crazy. August, like, August for sure. tomatoes. <laughs> like it's the great greatness for that season. And oven dried with cracked coriander. And a little bit of red wine vinegar on that ricotta toast. It's like, forget it. Forget it. So I usually would say three veggie and one pasta when you go to Missy. And then gelato for dessert. And then gelato, just get them all. You guys make the gelato, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I had the pistachio one. It was incredible. So crazy. And she geeked out. She, like, I remember opening Missy and there was, you know, we didn't put pistachio on that menu for two months because she just didn't think it was there. She wanted to do Italian gelato so right. Like, she wanted to just nail it. And she would not put these, in, like, the actual 
individual ones on the menu until like she's like it's there it's real there. pistachio gelato is like oh man that brown oh yeah because like let's say you'll see like some pistachio is like super green yeah like oh, the yeah. feeny green yeah, you yeah, know yeah, like yeah, that yeah but then like the real like when you taste that like pistachio, yeah because you're getting the paste like, yeah, exactly so that's really what changed the game for that gelato was using fresh using the fresh sicilian um paste the pistachio paste and it was like once she found the right one, she like found like six of them. And then when she found the right pistachio paste butter, whatever you want to call it, that was when it was like, oh, that's, that's it. Um, even like the mint, the mint stracciatella is my favorite gelato on our menu. And she basically did all sorts of different ratios of mint, spearmint, peppermint, stems on, stems off, and like wouldn't put it on until she's like, this is it. Pretty cool. Who taste tests all of everything? You? Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> That's a sick yeah, gig. Yeah. yeah. I, we we got to write notes, <laughs> version one. You know, I, like, like I walk a fine line. Like I'm I'm there if she wants me, right? Gosh, like, so gosh, like okay. I want her. She has the best palate of all time. Um, and I always love when she asks me what I think. And then she'll find other people on our teams that like have good palates and she'll just, she'll do that too. But, um, but yeah, it's always a nice compliment when she's like, "Hey, I want you to taste this." It's good. I never felt like less of a chef than I do right now. <laughs> like I just put chicken cutlets and in between two slices of bread. Oh, that's, all that's all I got. That's all I got. You should see me on a Sunday. That's all I got. That's it. Well, I actually want to talk to you about Feeney because, like, Lily and Missy are tremendous. Like they're great restaurants, but pizza is another game. Yeah, like yeah. pizza is. I feel yeah. like what you're doing at Feeney is like probably more you yeah like it's more yeah, like it your, your vision it is and, and um i'm grateful because you know i i there was many times in when lily and missy were going that i threw out the idea of having a pizzeria Pizza? and, and they're like ha! and she said like no i'm not into it like i don't want to put myself on that in that game because yeah. that's crazy yeah um it's two I, separate businesses yeah yeah but you know she is involved she's an investor and a supporter in it and um and I'm so lucky that we were able to, to do it because, you know, I've I obsess about pizza, coming from Jersey, like those neighborhood pizzerias in Jersey were a big part of my life growing up. And when I moved to Manhattan in 2003, every single Friday, I would go to a different pizzeria and invite friends, and and I it was a big thing, and I love pizza. And so in 2020, towards the end of the year. I was walking by the space on Bedford Ave and I just, I was, I just would stare into this little space. And one day there's this guy, Papo, who's like the mayor of Bedford Ave. And he's like, uh, Hey, are you going to take that space or what? And I'm like, yeah, I think so. And he's like, what do you want to do there? I was like, pizza. He's like, yeah, fucking pizza, do pizza. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. And the next day I, I walk through the space and I'm like, I'm going to take it. And then for a couple months later, you know, I, I came up with a plan on how I wanted that, you know, my version of a New York City slice shop to be. And mm -hmm. when I brought it to her, she thought I was crazy. Her first response was like, oh, you're a chef now? And um, <laughs> I was like, no, I'm not a chef. And luckily, you know, we were able to work through a lot of things. And we have someone who worked with us from a young age at Lilia when we opened and Missy. And, you know, I was able to say to him, like, can you get excited about making pizza? And he's crazy. He's like yeah I can and for a year we just we had that space 
we came up with you're just paying rent like no nah, we, we we had a good deal but um yeah we didn't pay rent until we we, we opened oh that's but, a great deal. Yeah, yeah 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 but you got it constructed <laughs> and like you were figuring out the pizza aspect or how did that happen? yeah we as we were the summer of 2022 uh, we basically were building out the space. Sufini's only like a year old. Year, year old. That's kind of crazy. We opened September 22. And the entire summer of 22, we were in that space with an oven and a mixer and just like making pizza. And it was him and I every day, Will, my partner. And uh, for a couple months, we would eat like 200 pizzas a day. 200, 200 pizzas? A day. Oh 200 day. We would make 200 and and taste 200 oh, like pizzas. a bite of each yeah we learned very quickly like we we're gonna take a taste here you, you and need then, mark to be there with yeah. You guys. <laughs> yeah and then finally one day i'm like all right dude we gotta get somebody else to eat this thing and we started inviting friends back in but to me I, it was my dream i'd love what pizzerias are to neighborhoods um they roll they play whether they know it or not and i wanted to be one of those restaurants pizzerias that that was intentional about that role i feel that, like that's exactly what a pizzeria is. Like you have ten dollars in your pocket, you're gonna eat a quick meal. Like you're starving. Oh, let yeah. me grab a quick slice. You know, yeah. like pizza serves that person. Oh, you have friends over. Let me let's order a pizza. Yeah, like, man. I mean, I I remember growing up just like going there with my friends when we had bikes and we would drive there and just have you know we'd be like my daughter's age, eleven years old to fifteen. I would have my my birthdays there as a young kid. After soccer games, um, we would go there. Or basketball games, practices. Every Friday night, we would go to Andy's Pizza or Anthony's or Squan Tavern. Um, that's, that's, you know, I loved playing on bitty basketball teams or soccer teams with Squan Tavern on my shirt. Like, that was a, a pizzeria that was, like, intentional about being a part of the community. They were giving money to, like, a rec league yeah. sponsoring a team. And I was like, if I could create delicious pizza, it had to be delicious. And then if we got people that were just, like, welcoming and deliver hospitality in a pizzeria then we could be really intentional about the the impact we have in that neighborhood and i think like that's what i'm most excited about like how do we do you know that that pizzeria just elevated how do we have hospitality and and get people that work with us that are when you walk in you, hello like yeah. i think that's that's what i want to really try hard to do and then how do we make the neighborhood better like instead of giving 200 bucks to a a local sports team to put that on the jersey like can we actually do something even bigger and like buy a bunch of garbage cans to pick up all the trash on the street and then hopefully redo a basketball court here and have like a tournament in the summertime yeah. like that that's kind of where i want to go with this thing we gotta like figure this out because a lot of people say this is Jersey pizza better than New York pizza? Because Man, I would have said no. Because you, you kept talking about Jersey pizza. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have said no because I was so, like, proud to be in New York City. I'm like, Lucali and, like, Joe's yeah. Pizza at 2 o'clock in the morning and, yeah. and all these great Defara. I went on a crazy New York City binge of pizzerias. But now thinking about it, like, Jersey pizza stands up. Like, there's this Star Hill Tavern in South Orange and and... Ratsa. I think like if you if you write a book per capita, you're saying yeah. Like I think <laughs> if you write a book about pizza, like Ratsa in Jersey City should have like a picture of them next to that original definition of pizza. Like to me, it's 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 amazing. So I I don't know. I think Jersey and New York. It's there's a there's nothing like Brooklyn pizza. Like I, it's just the best. It's the capital of the world of pizza. But Jersey definitely comes comes close. 
closer than any other place. Connecticut third? I don't even know. <laughs> they burn the shit out of it, right? Like, it's just like I actually burn. never tried uh, Connecticut pizza. We were talking about taking a road trip there. Yeah, you should. You know, I'll look for the positive in everything, especially pizza. A little, you know, little too well done for you? Pretty, yeah, I like well done. I just don't like burnt. Have you ever had New Park pizza? Yeah, yeah. New Park's great. My favorite, I honestly think, like, it's hard to say what my favorite is, but there's one that doesn't get enough love. It's uh, Johnny's Pizzeria up in Mount Vernon. It was I've heard people started talk in 1942, about that. and they have this hot pepper pizza that, like, that I'll, I'll go every single day forever just to get that. And there's wow. just one of them. It's Johnny's Pizzeria in Mount Vernon. And that hot pepper pizza is is legendary. It's legendary. I feel like we talk about like New Jersey pizza all day, and we, nobody will know the spot. Like all those places you said, I never heard of. But oh, we I'll talk take about you to Ra- Raza. I'll take you to Raza. Yeah, you I need will Raza. But when we talk about New York pizza, like you say, like okay, Joe's Pizza, like everybody in the world, yeah, knows Joe's L&B. Pizza, L and B, yeah, yeah. Like, and you kind of got a similar style to L and B, but yeah. like you got that shaved Parmesan on top, oh, yeah, yeah. which is cool. And that was all Will like. I kind of, when Will and I were talking about the 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 framework of Feeney, I, I wanted him to be creative with it, but I also wanted it to be New York City, like firm crust, well done, um, and and just once we got that, it was you go off. Like we just we just got to nail the pepperoni and the the plain pie, but you know he came to me. He's like, "What do you think about white pizza?" Yeah. And I'm like. I don't yeah, it's really like a clam it. pie, right? Or no? It's it. I I was like, I I never order white pizza because you you put lemon on it. Put lemon, and he he was like, yeah, you don't order white pizza because it's usually not that good. It's like baked ricotta and mozzarella and There's a no blog taste. of and ricotta. Like, yeah, and he's like, I'm thinking like some che- like a cheese board. And I was like, whatever, like what, just do it, and then let's see what you got. <laughs> and he he made parm fonduta and fontina that gives it a little funk, yeah, yeah. and then mozzarella, and then he finishes it with lemon. Like God damn it! That's ama- It's amazing, and to th- to this day, it's like it has become one of our the best sellers. If I had to pick a picture to represent, which slice represents Feeny? Which one would you pick? Man, I I uh, like. What's your best seller? Is that an easier question? Like, is it no, white? The, be- the, the best seller is always um, just plain cheese pizza plain cheese. and pepperoni, mm-hmm. but. Um, but right now, the white is right up there, too. Mm. I think the thing that like got me most excited about when we were opening, when he put the tomato pie in front of me, where it's just simple San Marzano tomato, garlic breadcrumb, and then the Calabrian chili oil, and there's no cheese. And when I tasted that for the first time, I was like, this is so different, and, and it's exciting. And it tastes almost like a bowl of mussels, you know, marinara. There's no... There's no seafood on it, but something about the garlic breadcrumbs yeah. gave me this like this this thought back to when I grew up having like a bowl of clams and 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 mussels with red sauce, and that's that's my favorite. That's gotten me so excited to, about Feeny from the get go. And when people see it too, they're like, "There's no cheese," and so people come in. And they're like, "I don't do cheese. Do you have What's anything?" What's that uh, famous? Like we posted a video recently. It was like a burnt ass pizza with tomato on it. Or, or I don't know if we posted, it, but I thought it went viral on TikTok, and like a lot of the creators like reacting, like like with the tomato pie. You know, oh god, that? did that come from Feeny? No, it wasn't from Feeny. Because <laughs> oh, that's a, the other there's, thing there's too. There's like people. places in Jersey. That's yeah. a big Jersey thing. The tomato. They do a lot in Philly. Yeah, 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 yeah
So it's like a South Jersey. For sure. Cherry Hill thing. around yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And that was whole, Will, Will like came up to me with this thing. And I'm like, damn, where'd you get this idea? He's like, what do you mean? You grew up in Jersey. It's a yeah, Jersey yeah, thing. Yeah. And I was like, shit, I never had a tomato pie. But then there are like places in New Jersey that are known for that. Like the Cherry Hill, Trenton, Philly area. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. I mean, also understanding when we opened, when you open a pizzeria in Brooklyn, and then when they start finding out who like who opened it, the the amount of like criticism and and the overall like oversight of what you're doing, it is outrageous. And like I even more than just a restaurant, it's like it's it's amazing. But luckily, we've been able to deliver and just keep on getting better. And we have a good team. I mean, none of our people have ever made pizza before at that restaurant. And now like, you're doing that. Yeah. Like, and most of them are in high, high school. Like we have, that's the, that's the coolest thing too. Most of the people that are part of our team are high school students. Oh, wow. Which is crazy. And like, they're making some of the best pizza in all of Brooklyn. And it's, it's amazing to see them just get better and better and better. Meaning like faster, consistent. And that, like, that's exciting to watch. What makes what makes a good slice of pizza to it's you? It's the dough. It's like, the dough? Yeah, the dough is the most important? Yeah, I, I do think so. It's the bread. To yeah. me, it's the bread. Because a lot of people say, like, the sauce. Like, well, I, the ingredients have to be great. Because, like, you could put up... You, you could definitely put up a pizza with a certain cheese and tomato versus one with elevated. And, and you go elevated all the time. But, like... To me, what makes everything stand out is just that the bread. Like, if you could really nail that consistently, that that's it. And then you just find amazing ingredients. That's it. Yeah. Um, and it comes down to, like, your business. Like, what do you want the business to be? Mm-hmm. I've yet to go to Feeney. Oh, man. Sure. Now you have to. But is on. it, like, half pizzeria, half restaurant, or is it just pizzeria? No, just pizzeria. It's just pizzeria. Gotcha. Slice joint. We got a friends and family room. Is that allowed? Yeah, yeah. Are we allowed yeah. to talk about the friends and family Yeah, well, there's, like... When I went into the space for the first time, um, I I immediately saw this like little front part that was just so just perfect for a slice shop. And then they brought me back, and there was this like where there used to be a backyard, it was now a room. And I didn't want the pizzeria to be big. I wanted it to be small, but I also loved the space. So I was like, I'm just gonna figure it out back here. And it and it, you know, it's my office, but then it's also at nighttime, a place where we could entertain mm-hmm. friends, but it's also a place too where we're that's to say it lightly. Yeah, where you see like people like uh, Carl Anthony Towns eating back there yeah. and uh, yeah. Kevin Love. How, yeah, we, how did like people like that? Did you come across just from restaurant thing? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, yeah. I think it's it's in, it's interesting. Like I've just always, I think everybody has a, a genius. I think. For whatever reason, I'm just really good at becoming friends with people. Yeah. And um, I've collected amazing types of different people in my life. Mm-hmm. And um, and definitely, like, the more famous ones have come after the restaurants have opened. Yeah. But, um, but it's, yeah, it has become a place where we could kind of, you know, have people be comfortable and after games and stuff hang out. It makes it easier to make friends once you have good food. Yeah. Again, like I'm not cool, and Missy's not either. But our restaurants have become, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and and I'm I'm forever grateful. You know what I was thinking? I haven't seen in a while. Are there still dollar slices in the city? Is nope. that still a thing? Nope, no such thing anymore. No, no. I mean, I have, I wouldn't try it anyways, but I was just curious. I th- I think the the cheapest one is a buck fifty now. Fifty? I think so. Yeah. I, I I think that's 
Uh, yeah, I think it's going up. Yeah. Yeah. No more Dallas Slice. Yeah, well, it's cre- you know, th- what I've learned about it too is like, how do you price it out? And a lot of these places are saying, like, well, the cost of a slice is what it costs us to make the whole pie. Yeah. And then the the That's rest great of, margins right there. Well, the rest of the slices are labor, which is are also high, and like right, rent, right. which is high, and like so those slices go away. But the way people think about pricing a whole uh, a slice is what the cost of what yeah, makes. a good soul there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What I wanted to ask you, what are like your favorite, or give me the top five pizza spots, New York City, New York. Oh man! All right. Well, Lucali. That's number one. Yeah. Yeah, in New York I never City. Never ate there. In New York City, Lucali for me, uh, Defara when when Dom was around, back in the day. Um, I love. Um, uh, let's think about this. You're pizzas are like pizzas are like New York, like the restaurants, like New York Slice, Napolitan. You know, like yeah, the same yeah, yeah. kind of thing. Like yeah, I'm just I'm trying to think of all the it's ones true. that have have hit for me in New York City. It's, uh, I mean, Joe's Pizza for many years, it was, it was where I ended most of my nights. Home of <laughs> Spider Man. Yeah, and especially when I was in finance, most of my nights were ended there. Probably gave me a good twenty five pounds. Um, Tafara, Lucali, Joe's. Um, you got two more for us. John's a bleaker, for sure. Classic. Uh, Arturo's on Houston, uh, coal fired, and John's a bleaker. Those are my five favorite, but I will, I just love all pizza. Like I'll find, I'll find something great about pizza. So now I see you're opening a Feeney in uh, Amaganza. Yeah. I call it, I I say what a tiny accent, Amaganzet. I'm not going to say. Yeah. What is that? That's like right before the Hampton. I think the kid, I'm not going to say. I think the kids say out east, Uh, but, but yeah, like, you know, I'm a Jersey guy. I've, I've never really spent much time in the Hamptons. Um, during the pandemic. You're going to love it there. Yeah, it'll be That's nice. how you know you made it, cuz once you start hanging out in the Hamptons. <laughs> yeah, I, I got. I had a lot of explaining to do to my mom and dad, I'll tell you that. They're like, wait a minute, you're not coming home you're this summer? You're not coming summer? to the shore? Um, I got to figure that out. But um, I went out there a lot in 2020. I was delivering pe- uh, pasta uh, every Thursday to kind of like stay alive. Um, and I found this place, Amagansett, which is in the middle of East Hampton and Montauk. Yep. And it reminded me of where I grew up in Manasquan. And it's a very, you know, sleepy beach town. And I loved it. And I had a friend who hit me last summer with an opportunity to do a pizzeria there in this old pizzeria that had been there for almost 50 years. And I couldn't do it last summer. But this summer, you know, we could. And, yeah, we're going to try it out. And it's not just for the summer. We're doing it for... For a long time, and you know, we'll see how it goes. But best, so, best of luck with yeah, that. Best of luck. Honestly, you're gonna absolutely crush it there, not a doubt. Because over there, there's not a lot of shows in town, and uh, we filmed again a car episode with Sal out there in um, Montauk, and it never came out. But in that episode, we were waiting like an hour for a, for a pie from uh, Best Pizza. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's out yeah, there, yeah. and like you just see people like driving up, and it's like yeah. an hour wait. They're like, okay. Like we got nothing else to do, you know. I'm just I'm excited because like I remember growing up on Jersey Shore and a lot of those experiences, you know. I, I remember going to Gigi's on Manasquan Boardwalk and um, Hoffman's Ice Cream Shop. 
with my parents. And I, I think I want to create those experiences for Staples. people now during yeah. the summertime and, um, and then becoming a part of the community after the summer too. Cause I grew up on the Jersey shore and I, I loved the summer, but I also loved when the Bennies went home, we would call the people the Bennies. Like Bennies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the bit like Bennies, Bennies would go home. Bennies. Yeah. And like, that was an awesome time. Cause like huh? people, I grew up there, people live there. And, um, I think we got a great opportunity to do that out there too. And, you know, I hopefully at some point in my life we'll be able to open up on the Jersey Shore, but yeah. but I do think like I could see Feeney being the one that like really like yeah, yeah we got it. we got another one coming in the fall in Brooklyn that um it'll be announced this week, so we're excited about awesome. you know a little bit and and it, it's I'm it's never going to be Shake Shack or Chipotle or Sweet Green. It's really what are neighborhoods that we could go into yeah. and and impact them in a positive way because right. I think what we're making the pizza, salad, Italian ice. We, we can do that really well and consistently. And it's a great challenge to kind of like build that. I'll tell you what, you're definitely impacting Williamsburg, man. I'm grateful. We love it here. This is our, this is our home. The people love you guys too, for sure. Yeah. I just, it's amazing. It's amazing to just walk around and be proud of where you, where you live. And I never thought I would have a opportunity to like make people happy like this. Yeah. Like when people, you know, for see you and they're like, uh, Thank you for yeah. this great meal. Now you're the celebrity. Now you're the food. I'm celebrity. never. I'm definitely not. But um, <laughs> but Missy is, and it's cool. She deserves it. And um, yeah, it's it's been it's been a good run. On behalf of us, best of luck on everything. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. I can't wait. It's like show the world like this story. And um, I love that. Love that hopefully, show. we could like come come eat by you guys soon. And what are you talking about? We'll you do can, some. You come we'll anytime do some, you want. We'll do some. Uh, we'll do a podcast we'll, in the back room. Let's do it. Oh, that's, that's, it. Right. that's right. You guys That'll only eat 85% on Resi now. So. <laughs> well, I, I always have them in the pocket. I always got some reservations in the pocket. You could always yeah. hit me up. Thanks a lot, Sean. Thank, Thank you, so you guys. Thank you. Thanks.